Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. Veronica here, and we had a really intense week last week. In fact, we had a really intense Monday this week. So while I only have one page of notes for the podcast this week, it is seemingly not a huge week. We have a lot of emotional residue from what's been happening that we're still going to be unpacking this week and sifting through. It is a really intense time, even more intense than I expected it to be with the eclipses. And this isn't even impacting my chart as directly as it is for many of you out there. If you are a Gemini or a Sagittarius or a Taurus or a Scorpio or a Leo or an Aquarius, you might be having some of this big stuff talking to your sun sign. And the sun is our identity. It's our sense of self. Once you get deeper into astrology, we start to kind of forget about the sun a little bit because we get so interested in the moon sign and the rising and we get interested in where is my Saturn and what's my karma? What does my Saturn want me to do in this lifetime? But the sun is always our entrance and our introduction to astrology. The sun is who we are becoming. It is the planet in the chart that shows us where we're meant to shine. And so it's important. We, we kind of forget about it after we get deeper into the layers of astrology. But then you have a moment like we're having right now. The sun was squaring Neptune this past week, and we really felt that sense of not knowing who we are, where we are, or what we're meant to be doing. Because the sun square Neptune, it creates confusion, a sense of feeling lost or doubting your abilities or doubting where you are in life or doubting what you are capable of. And so we have had this existential dread or existential questions about our own life and what we're meant to be doing. And a lot of that was the pressure of the eclipse, bringing things to light. But a lot of it was just that sun square Neptune creating that sense of doubt. So the good thing about these transits that bring about confusion is that it reminds us that we can only have clarity when we're living in the present moment. And so if you were trying to plan your way out of the feelings that you were feeling last week, which was a very feeling oriented transit, Neptune really brings up the feels. It's not so much about the logic. If you were trying to plan or work your way out of it, you probably got a lot of anxiety going. And that can also unearth with Neptune transits. Neptune rules what's in the subconscious. So you may have had some of those old monsters of anxiety, depression, doubt, and fear creep back in. And that's okay. That's what happened for a lot of us. 
But this week we get to slowly move away from those feelings that we were feeling last week. The, the fog begins to clear a little bit and we can start to pick up the pieces and start to put them together. And if you think of this year of 2021 as a really big jigsaw puzzle project, we have the ability to pick up a few more pieces now. We're not exactly sure what the puzzle is going to look like at the end of the year, which is really hard, right? You're trying to figure out what pieces go together, but you're not working off a picture of the completed puzzle. And that's what we're doing. We're really putting a puzzle together that we're not even sure what it's going to look like at the end. And that is difficult. That's really hard. I mean, I don't think I've ever attempted that. So we are in this process of unpacking all of the stuff we've been through over the past year and a half and simultaneously trying to build what will come next. So last week we had the sun square Neptune and that was part of the eclipse. We had the eclipse on Thursday, the 10th, the solar eclipse in Gemini. So all the Gemini people and all the Sagittarius people, you were feeling that eclipse, especially the Gemini people. I've had some people report into me who have Gemini suns and other planets in Gemini that they are having a real tough time with it. There was a lot of stuff that cropped up that they never expected to see. This past Monday was really the apex of the energy in a weird way. So I didn't expect that. I expected to feel it more around the eclipse last week. I expected to feel it in between the two eclipses, but it really feels like the apex of the energy arrived this week on Monday the 14th. And that's because we had Saturn square Uranus for the second time this year. So the reason we've got this big jigsaw puzzle that we don't have the master photo to go off of is because Saturn is squaring Uranus three times this year. The first time was in February. The second time was Monday the 14th. And the third time is going to be in December. And so Saturn is the planet that rules our boundaries, our limitations, our karma, our relationship with time, and our sense of responsibility. Uranus rules our desire for freedom and to break free of whatever binds us. So Uranus comes in and he wants to shake things up. He wants to create something new, change the norms. Saturn is desperately trying to hold on to what we know, what feels safe and steady. And so when these two planets sit in this 90 degree square, it is an invitation for change. It's an invitation to move us forward, but the movement forward will not be easy. And that's where we're living right now. And we've been living in it all year, and we're going to continue to live in it for the next few months for the rest of the year, for the next six months, really, because we're approaching the summer solstice, the halfway point of the year. So it's an intense, restless time. There is a feeling of restlessness. So you put that energy with the energy of feeling lost or foggy or hazy or unsure or doubtful that we had with the sun square Neptune. 
And it's kind of a recipe for disaster, right? It's a recipe for a whole lot of emotional overwhelm, whether that comes in the form of stress, whether that comes in the form of being reactive and acting out, whether that comes in the form of wanting to get back in bed, pull the covers over your head and forget that the world exists. So if you did any of those things this week or last week, I don't blame you. The fog is starting to clear from the sun square Neptune, and we're getting a little more information. We're still in eclipse season. So eclipse season is not done until we get to the full moon. And the full moon is not going to be until June 24th. And then we'll have a full moon in Sagittarius, and that full moon will kick out eclipse season. For now, we're still unpacking. We still have Mercury retrograde. So that means we have even more that we still don't know about. Although luckily, Mercury will go direct next week. So that second Saturn square Uranus was a doozy. I felt it intensely. One of the reasons you may have felt that Saturn square Uranus intensely on Monday the 14th is because the moon was in Leo. So Saturn is in the sign of Aquarius. Aquarius is the sign of the community. It's the sign of the group of friendships. Uranus is in the sign of Taurus, which is the sign of growth, abundance, possessions. And then Leo is where the moon was. And the moon in Leo, it invites us to express ourselves It invites us to shine bright. It invites us to honor our passion and honor our heart and to follow what we love. But sometimes passion can make you irrational. So there was a tendency the past few days, and we're going to continue to feel it for a few days, and really we're feeling this energy of Saturn and squaring Uranus all year. But the Leo moon coming in and creating the T-square right on the heels of the eclipse, it was like the pressure was really dialed up. So this was intense. And if you had any intense conversations like I did on Monday, that's probably why. The other thing is that Venus is in Cancer. So she's still answering to the moon and Venus rules our relationships as well as our money. But when we're talking about Venus, we're talking about our values, what we love, how we love, how we want to be loved. And so if you were having some challenging conversations in your relationships, or if you were having tension showing up in your friendships, your relationship with family, this is a big part of it because Venus is answering to the moon. She's in cancer. And when planets are in Cancer, they answer to the moon because the moon is the ruling planet of Cancer. And whenever we have personal planets like the Sun, Venus, Mars, Mercury in Cancer, we all get a taste of what it's like to be a Cancer. So have a moment of compassion for our Cancer friends out there because they live in this constant flux because their ruling planet, the moon, is changing signs every two to three days. So that may have been why the tension was even more dialed up, because we had the moon in Leo, and that passionate, fiery moon 
was what Venus is answering to because she's still in cancer and Venus in cancer is also emotional. You know, cancers tend to get a bad rap as being the sad sacks of the Zodiac, but they are not. They are strong. They are capable. They have incredible emotional capacity. That's what makes them so strong, but they protect themselves because they are so deeply sensitive and so able to feel everyone else's emotions. So this was an intense one on Monday. I ended up having a really challenging conversation with a friend of mine and we got into it and we got into it very unexpectedly about some things that we both had very different beliefs in. And I had to take my own medicine because last week I told you that with this series of eclipses that we're in, with the North Node in Gemini and the South Node in Sagittarius, the South Node in Sagittarius is helping us release some of our old ways of thinking, some of our stale old beliefs. And the North Node in Gemini is introducing us to our new way of viewing things, our new perspective. We've lived through a lot. We've had a lot of experiences. Our values have shifted, and now we are expressing those values. And that's what happened on Monday for me with this friend. I expressed my values and how I felt, and I asked her to reframe her beliefs around something because I felt that they were outdated and no longer relevant in the world that we're now living in. So if you had a similar situation, I am with you. I feel you. It is challenging. These conversations, though, they are divinely timed because eclipses are the two points in the year where we don't set intentions, we don't do manifestation work, We don't, as I like to say, dictate our fate. We sit back, we listen, and we respond as needed. And so this eclipse season is bringing things up that you might need to respond to. It's bringing things up that you need to know so that you can move forward on your path for the next six months. It's bringing things up that might be a course corrector for you. You might have gathered some information over the past four weeks that made you say, oh, I thought I was going to go to the right, but now it's clear I have to go to the left. Maybe you don't have the clarity yet. Maybe you're in the spot of, okay, I know that I got to pivot here. I'm just not sure exactly which direction. Let me keep listening and seeing if I get a little more clarity over the next week and a half, two weeks. I always say we dictate our own fate. That is my motto. I truly believe that. I believe that 90% of life is free will and 10% is fate or destiny or some magical divine force that we cannot understand. My work is about encouraging you to show up for the 90% that is utilizing that free will. And most people don't fully take on the responsibility 
of showing up for that 90% part. Most people, especially those of us that are interested in spirituality and um, astrology and all of these magical cosmic things that are so cool, most of us tend to really focus on that 10% part, which is the part about fate and destiny, the stuff we don't have control over. And my work is about teaching you that you have the 90% free will part. You have a lot more control than you think you do. And if you fully show up for that, that 90%, if you fully show up and you take responsibility, you can build, craft, make your life to be so much more than what you imagine. And then let the universe fill in the 10%. If you do your part, if you keep your side of the road clean, the universe will show up and magnify it, amplify it in ways that you couldn't even imagine. That'll go well beyond your dreams. That's what I believe personally. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to really inspire you to show up for that 90%, take responsibility for your life and dictate your fate. And what's cool is that the astrology gives us a roadmap to how we can do that. So with the Saturn Uranus square happening on Monday, you might be shaking free of some of the things that have limited you in the past. You might be building some new structures and foundations to support your evolution. You might decide that you need some new friends. You might decide that you need a new job. You might decide that you need a new partner. You might decide that you need some new clothes or a new home. What will help you feel free? That is what this Saturn Uranus is about. What will help you feel free? The joke that the universe has underneath this transit is that sometimes the structure, the responsibility, the boundaries and limitations that Saturn offers us are the thing that actually create freedom. This is a cycle that started in 2000 when Saturn and Uranus met up in the sky And then they had a square and then they had an opposition and now this is the closing square and they're going to meet up again in 2029. So this is a process of change that we've all been in since 2000. So think about that a little bit. Where were you in 2000? What has evolved since then? And how do you want to close it out in 2029? Just chew on that this week. You don't have to have an answer. I think so much of the astrology right now is encouraging us to stay present to what is and trust that it's unfolding just the way it's meant to. And what you can do is focus on the micro. You don't have to worry about the macro. Focus on the micro. What can you do today to show up in a way that takes responsibility for your own life, that honors your highest self, your highest good, and everyone else's highest good. And if you show up every day doing that, focusing on the micro, that 10% of fate 
will really amplify the macro for you. Luckily, the worst is behind us, and now we have some smoother sailing ahead. On Thursday, the sun is going to, in conjunct Pluto, the sun is going to be at the latest degrees of Gemini. Pluto's is still at those late degrees of Capricorn. And this is an adjusting energy. It's a, adjusting your plan of attack, adjusting your strategy of how you're dealing with this. Pluto is really calculating and it works with our power, our sense of power, our feeling of empowerment, and also our experience of other people having power over us. So you might have to adjust the way that you're working with people around those kinds of things on Thursday. It's not bad, but it's just an interesting opportunity to say, hey, do I have the right strategy here or should I be attacking this from a different angle? So this week really doesn't have a ton of the big stuff going on. Like we've had these weeks where I have four pages of notes and I have so many things to tell you. This week is not like that. There's not a ton of stuff happening and that is a welcomed relief. We are still in the Mercury retrograde. We're still in eclipse season. We still have the shadow of the sun square Neptune. We still have Saturn square Uranus on Monday. It's enough. Trust me. It's enough. But it's not going to be the hit after hit after hit that we've had so many weeks prior. So on Sunday, that's really the next big day this week. We have not only the summer solstice, the sun will move into the sign of cancer. That will happen at 11.32 p.m. on Sunday, June 20th. But we will also have Jupiter retrograde. And so when we talk about retrogrades for the planets that are further from Earth, they retrograde generally for about half the year. So it's not as big a deal as when Mercury, Venus, or Mars retrograde. With that said, we feel the retrogrades of those further planets. We feel them most intensely for the five days before and after when they station. They station to retrograde and they station to go direct. And at those two points in the year, that's when we feel that planet most intensely. So this is a week where we're going to feel a lot of the Jupiter influence. Jupiter is the planet of abundance. He's the planet of expansion. He's the planet of faith, of belief, of our philosophical understanding of life, our existential experience of life along with Neptune. I feel like they share that role and our spiritual experience of life, our spiritual practice. Jupiter rules Sagittarius and Pisces in old astrology. In new astrology, Neptune rules Pisces. So Neptune and Jupiter, they share the responsibility of helping us attune to our spirit. And so this retrograde is going to invite you to unpack the beliefs that you may have called into question over the past six months. So Maybe some of those old stale beliefs that you've been releasing with this eclipse series, because the South Node is released and South Node is in Sagittarius, the sign of philosophy, religion, higher education. So the things that you've learned that are no longer serving you, those stale, outdated beliefs, 
you're just going to take some time to reevaluate with the Jupiter retrograde. You're going to call into question some of the things that historically you have believed and maybe take a deeper look at some of your new values or your new beliefs. This is also a great time to turn inward and focus on your personal growth because Jupiter is a planet that has so much to do with our experience of the spiritual side of who we are. So if you've been yearning to get back to a spiritual practice, this is a great time to return to it because Jupiter is retrograde. Retrogrades rule revising, re-editing, revisiting, going back. If you've lost your spiritual practice, this is a good time to revisit it. If you've fallen out of the meditation routine, this is a great time to revisit it. So there's just some ways that you could use this Jupiter retrograde. Jupiter is in Pisces, as is Neptune, but he's only two degrees into Pisces. He was in Aquarius, went into Pisces. He gave us a taste of what Jupiter and Pisces has to offer us. He's going to spend a lot of 2022 in Pisces. So he gave us a little taste of that flow, very dreamy, meditative, calming. And now he's backing up and he's going to retrace his steps, go back through those first two degrees of Pisces and then back into the last degrees of Aquarius. He is going to station direct on October 18th at 22 degrees Aquarius. That I think is pretty interesting because everything that happened with the pandemic really was sparked around January 12th, 2020, which was when Saturn and Pluto joined up in the sky. And that was at 22 degrees Capricorn. So whenever something is at 22 degrees and we've had a lot of 22 degrees stuff since that conjunction, it just makes me think, okay, this has something to do with that story. So the fact that Jupiter is going to station direct in October at 22 degrees Aquarius, Aquarius is the sign most associated with the future. My hope is, because it is a well-aspected station, that it's going to be the real moving forward that we've been waiting for. And I know we have so many great things happening in this country, but across the world, obviously the pandemic rages on and we are very fortunate here with vaccine rollout, but we now need to get those vaccines to the rest of the world. So my hope is that that station in October will really be an invitation into the next chapter of people moving forward, not only in the U.S., but all across the world, because Jupiter is global. Jupiter rules Sagittarius, which is the sign of foreign travel. So my hope is that this very well-aspected Jupiter retrograde will bring some relief to those people all across the world who haven't been as fortunate to have the vaccines at their fingertips in their communities. This week, we have the sun trining Jupiter. It's not going to be exact until next week, but it is in that chart when Jupiter retrogrades on Sunday. Remember, the sun is your sense of self, your identity. 
Jupiter is our experience of the spiritual side of life, our philosophies on life, our experience of the existential. So this retrograde occurring while the sun is trying Jupiter is an invitation to go inward. It is an invitation to focus on your personal growth. It is an invitation to study what makes you feel whole on the spiritual level, not just on the mundane everyday level. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you have the privilege and the ability to do that. And that is amazing. We are very fortunate to have these teachings and this kind of work accessible to us to be able to do that kind of work in our own life. And then when we do that work, we inspire other people to do that work and it has a ripple effect out into the world. On Sunday, it's Father's Day here in the U.S., and Jupiter is the father of the universe. So he is the Roman equivalent to Zeus in Greek mythology. So he's the father of the gods, the god of the gods. So it is appropriate that Jupiter retrogrades on Father's Day. We often think about Saturn as representing the father in astrology, but I would say that in a lot of ways, Jupiter represents the father and Saturn represents the grandfather or the wise elder. So that's another something to chew on this week. So I hope you are doing well, that you're hanging in there. I know this has been a really intense time. The best thing I can tell you is that the toughest stuff is behind us this week. You can go forward and unpack all of the stuff that came up. Give yourself some space and some time to do that. Know that we are still in eclipse season. We're not out yet, but the toughest stuff is behind us. And come the full moon next week on Thursday, the 24th, we'll start to feel a lot lighter. We will be in cancer season. The sun will move into cancer on Sunday, the summer solstice. It's the longest day of the year. It's when the sun is in the sky for the longest period of time in the northern hemisphere speaking about the sun as we did earlier it encourages us to come back to who we are it encourages us to reconsider our identity where we come from and where we're going because cancer traditionally rules the fourth house of the chart And the fourth house is our roots. It's our family. It's where we came from. It's our lineage. So the sun being in cancer, it's an invitation to just remember where we came from and ask ourselves, do the things that I associate with and identify with, do they really define me? Do they really make up my identity? Or am I something more that I haven't allowed myself to see before. And that's what this eclipse season is about. It's about illuminating what's in the shadows. Sometimes the thing in the shadows is your own greatness, your own divinity, your own capabilities that you've been suppressing because of fear or doubt or feeling overwhelmed by that. So lots to chew on this week. If you want to book a reading with me, July is open. You can grab a a spot in July. You can also join online yoga club and 
this Friday, we start our summer Fridays. So going forward, the Friday class is going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is 10 a.m. Pacific time. So if you've been wanting to practice with me, but 6 p.m. Eastern doesn't work for you, the Friday class is now at 1 p.m. Eastern. So I hope that works better for some people. And this way, those of you that are on the East Coast where I am, you get to get your practice in and then you have time to get to happy hour and go out and be in the world because New York as of today is at 70% vaccinated and that means that all of the mandates are lifted and this is uh, super exciting. And this has a lot to do with that Saturn square Uranus because Uranus wants to break free. We want to break free. We want to feel free and independent and able to make our own choices and show up in the world fully. And that is more evidence of the astrology playing out in the world. So remember the takeaways this week are be present, be with what is, trust that it's unfolding as it's meant to. 90% of life is you, your free will, and your responsibility to show up for it. 10% is fate, destiny, the universe, amplifying whatever you're making happen. So be with what is this week. Don't push, focus on the micro. Don't worry about the macro. The macro will take care of itself. Just keep your side of the street clean and you'll be good with Saturn. And when you're good with Saturn, you're pretty much good with the rest of the Zodiac. All right. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.